Good morning. I hope your week since Easter Day has been a good one. The passage that we've just heard read, and if you watch the video, seen an enactment of, is the last few paragraphs of John's Gospel. And John concludes his Gospel by telling us what the purpose of what he's written is. It's there in verses 30 to 31. I'm reading this time from the Message Translation. Jesus provided far more God-revealing signs than are written down in this book. These are written down so you will believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and in the act of believing have real and eternal life in the way he personally revealed it. John is saying that you can't limit what Jesus did to just what he has written down in his Gospel. There's much more that he did, but what John has provided with the miracles and the other accounts is enough, he says, for those who read his gospel to understand and to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that the Son of God. And in believing that, to gain real and eternal life, as Jesus shows it to be. So the purpose of this gospel, to put it simply, is to show us that Jesus is the Son of God and he has come to save us and to give us eternal life. Which begs the question, what sort of saviour is Jesus? Well, we could look through the whole gospel, of course, the whole gospel of John, to try and answer that question, but just... On these few verses, 19 to 31 of chapter 20, there's quite a bit, even from those few verses, that we can look at to help us discover the sort of saviour that Jesus is. The first thing to say is that Jesus and the life that he brings us, this real and eternal life, is more real than the things which limit us. In this reading, we read about Jesus appearing in the middle of a locked room where the disciples have shut themselves away because they are scared of what might happen. They've seen Jesus executed and they are scared that the same may happen to them. So they lock the doors to make themselves feel safe. But Jesus appears anyway, not by unlocking the doors, but by just appearing. And as we've said in previous years, this isn't because Jesus is a ghost who in some strange way walks through walls and doors. No, Jesus is, in his resurrected person, more real, more solid than the doors and the walls behind which the disciples have locked themselves. Now, this obviously has a very pertinent resonance for us right now. We are in a very unreal, strange situation where we are forced to essentially spend most of our time behind closed doors. But what we read about here is a Jesus who is more real than this strange, seemingly open-ended situation in which we find ourselves. 
And notice that this doesn't mean that Jesus opens the doors necessarily. He doesn't actually unlock the doors and let the disciples out. Rather, he comes to them and he brings his resurrection, real and eternal life with him to them in the midst of their fear. As we've said so many times, following Jesus doesn't mean we don't experience trouble and suffering. It doesn't mean that we don't experience limitations. But as we've said so often, banging up against our limitations as we do so often, and particularly in this season of lockdown, we can find that Jesus' power is made perfect through our experience of them and our owning of those limitations. That's because Jesus is more real than the limitations we have. Whether those limitations are imposed on us by a higher authority like the government, or whether those are the limitations of our health or our background or our abilities or whatever it might be. Jesus' power is made perfect, not despite the limitations which we have, but because of the limitations that we have. So as we find ourselves in locked rooms and houses, unable to go out beyond our front door unless it's for very particular reasons, remember that Jesus comes to us. He is the sort of saviour, the sort of messiah, the sort of son of God who comes and seeks us out and brings his resurrection power to us within our limitations. Maybe not making the trouble go away, but bringing his resurrection life to us in the midst of those limitations. The second thing to say, he's the sort of saviour, the sort of messiah, who speaks peace into the fear of these locked rooms. When Jesus appears, the first thing he says is, peace be with you. Just as the Father sent me, I send you. In fact, he says it twice when he first appears. And peace, remember, in the sense of shalom, which is the word Jesus would have used, isn't the absence of trouble. It's the presence of an eternal real life, to use the words of the message, of the sort that Jesus gives. Jesus appears in the midst of this fear, in the midst of this locked room, and says, shalom, real life be with you. Peace be with you. So though the disciples then and we now are limited, have weakness, are constrained, that doesn't stop us necessarily from receiving and experiencing and living the real, eternal, full life that Jesus gives us as he appears in the midst of our lot room. We may be scared, we may be sick, we may be in any number of situations, but the fullness of life is that Jesus, as we've just said, his power is made perfect in our weakness, and that then leads to us experiencing full, real life, peace, life as it's meant to be, whatever 
the circumstances because the now is not the whole story the not yet the eternity with Jesus is still to come and that is the life as it should be the third thing to say is that Jesus is the sort of Messiah who gives of himself Jesus takes a deep breath verse 22 and breathes over the disciples receive the Holy Spirit if you forgive someone's sins they're gone for good if you don't forgive sins what are you going to do with them Jesus is not a saviour who keeps himself at a safe distance. He's not the sort of leader who, like so many around the world at the moment, is locking themselves away, making themselves quite invulnerable, quite unavailable. No. He comes into these locked rooms right where the disciples are, right where we are now. And he gives of himself. He breathes himself, his essence, the Holy Spirit, over the disciples and over us and into us just as he'd lived amongst human beings for 30 or so years up to his death and as he does that he gives all who believe when they receive that holy spirit the same resurrection power and authority that he has been given as we exercise forgiveness so the forgiveness of God is made known that is the extent and fullness of the power and authority that is given to us his followers who are living this real and eternal life we are no longer limited just by what we can do but we are given the authority to proclaim the truth of what God does in us and through us we can proclaim the forgiveness that only God can give. What an enormous privilege. Even as we sit behind in our locked rooms, we are given Jesus' resurrection power breathed into us from himself to exercise forgiveness, to show people in every aspect of our lives what resurrection life is like. I think of Gideon who is in the midst of a persecution his people are on the verge of being wiped out and he is hiding in a wheat press and an angel appears to him and says the Lord is with you mighty warrior is there any less than might is there any situation less mighty than hiding for fear of your life in this piece of farming equipment, essentially. No. But that's what God does. He comes into our fear. And he says, I'm with you. So have my power, have my authority, have my resurrection life. To even as you fear, even as you hide, experience and give and display real and eternal life. And finally... He is the sort of Jesus, the sort of Messiah, who does not rebuke those who doubt, but seeks them out. Thomas wasn't there when Jesus first appeared in the locked room. So he is, understandably, I think as you and I would be, is thinking, you guys must have lost your minds. You guys 
are hysterical. You guys are playing a joke on me, maybe. So unless I see the wounds that, I, that we know he got on the cross, I won't believe it's him. And Jesus seeks him out. Invites Thomas to inspect and touch those wounds. And invites him to believe. But he doesn't rebuke him. Doesn't tell him off for being a doubter. Doubting Thomas, as we said before, is a label given to Thomas by the church, by Christians over the last 2,000 years or so. It's not a label Jesus gives him. It's not a label scripture gives him. It's us Christians who have condemned him for his doubt. But Jesus doesn't do that. Instead, he seeks him out and invites him to believe. That's the sort of Messiah, Saviour, Jesus is. He has come to help us believe that he has been sent to save us and all who would believe and to give us real and eternal life. And he's a sort of saviour who is more real and more powerful than the things which limit us and hem us in. He's a sort of saviour who speaks peace into our fear and into our locked rooms and our limitations. He's a sort of saviour who gives of himself and doesn't keep himself at a distance, who, just as he lived among us for 30 or so years, comes to us in his resurrection power and breathes his Holy Spirit onto us and gives us resurrection power and authority. And he doesn't rebuke those of us who struggle and doubt but seeks us out and reveals himself to us in a way we need and invites us then to belief and to embrace that resurrection power here and now, the beginning of that real and eternal life. So which of those parts of Jesus' character, personality as saviour, as messiah, do you need most right now? The Jesus who is more real than our limitations, the one who speaks peace, the one who gives of himself, the one who gives power and authority, or the one who doesn't rebuke those who doubt and seeks them out. Which of those means the most to you right now? Think about it. Take a few minutes right now to think about it in the quiet and discuss it with anyone who's around. And reflect on that character of Jesus over the coming week. One thing, practice that I have is that every couple of hours I have an alarm set on my phone and that alarm is a signal to me just to take two minutes of silence. And to, as I breathe deeply in and out, repeat to myself in, my, in the quiet of a moment just a simple sentence about God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Jesus comes to me and speaks peace. Jesus comes to me and gives me real and eternal life, whatever it may be that you need. I think this is a really good thing to do. So reflect, find a sentence about that aspect of Jesus that, that you need, that is most significant to you right now, and maybe commit to reflecting on it both now and over the coming days. And every few hours, remind yourself using a phone or something else to take a couple of minutes in the silence to reflect and meditate on that character 
that aspect of Jesus's personality. And I think you'll find that as you do that, Jesus becomes even more real and personal to you. So may we, St. Peter's, know this Jesus bringing us real and eternal life that starts now, who is more real than those things which limit us, whose power is made perfect through our weakness, who speaks fear in the midst of our locked rooms, who gives of himself in his Holy Spirit, not keeping himself at a distance, who gives to us those who believe his power and authority, and who does not rebuke those who doubt but seeks us out. May we know that Jesus this week. Amen.